Well, hello everyone and welcome to the Way Niagara podcast. Today we are recording in a different space. We are at Chris's Cottage in Paris, Ontario, because we've been away this weekend. Chris and Steve and I having a good time at the Anchor Conference. And we're gonna just have some reflections about that. And we did talk about Anchor, I think back in episode one, but Chris, could you just let us know a bit of what Anchor is and what this conference was meant to be? And then we'll actually talk about our experiences of it. Yeah, Anchor, I guess, would be our oversight. There are, it's actually actually technically called Anchor Ministerial Fellowship. It's a fellowship of ministers, not a fellowship of churches like some denominations. It is more to see the releasing and equipping of the minister, uh, whether they're a church leader, uh, specifically a pastor, or whether they're uh, in a parachurch-type ministry, they are welcome in our fellowship. Um, there's, uh, it's just a booming little uh, ministry that's starting to really grow. I mean, it's so about 50 years old now, so it's not like it's a new thing, but it's definitely coming into a, a, a new and fresh era. There's lots of young life, lots of vitality, and what they do for us, which uh, other uh, fellowships weren't capable of doing or willing to do, is they allow us to actually give a credential to our local church pastors so people that are in uh, leadership within our church or a home church pastor they can take a credential uh, through us uh, and through anchor and uh, because of that uh, they can also work towards ordination which is just incredible and the neat thing about anchor is um, you don't just sign up pay some money and you're in you actually have to do uh, course hours you have to do courses so it's a constant learning it's a constant engaging in the community and that's what makes this fellowship special is because you're learning and you're growing alongside other ministers you're networking with those ministers and the only way that you can actually obtain and maintain your credentials and ordination is through engaging that fellowship Whereas a lot of denominations, if not most, would say you need to have a four-year degree up front. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What Anchor is saying is, I think actually in humility, saying we're all learners. Mm-hmm. We mm-hmm. will forever be learners. Yes. And so let's learn together. And events like this Anchor Conference, which happens every year, is really, is really encouraging. Mm-hmm. And I also love the relational side of this in that... As all three of us are credentialed members with Anchor now, mm-hmm. and you have to have a sponsor. And for Steve and I, that is Chris, and Chris has a sponsor as well. And again, the goal of that is making sure that there is someone pastorally in your life mm-hmm. that maybe isn't your supervisor at your job or whatever it is that you're doing, but it's, it's a relational oversight that helps just kind of confirm that you're kind of moving on the right track and can hold you accountable Mm -hmm. and but also one of the great things about the conference and i'm gonna ask steve to talk about this a bit to start was there were some good sessions some good teaching worship and that's kind of what you expect from conferences but there was also some really special uh, relational pieces as well just an informal just the informal connection of people from across Ontario to just spend this time together. And so, Steve, why don't you reflect a little bit on your experience of the community side of the event? I find it really funny that you asked me about this because this is what's been on my mind and heart from this weekend. Um, 
Anchor has such an amazing community of ministers that are just, we're all walking together. We're doing different ministries. Some of us are in churches. Some of us are in parachurches. Some of us are doing ministries that are, you know, street ministries or missionaries. And the cool thing is, and I told Jordan and Chris this last night, I was walking the room during break and it felt almost like I was speed dating because every person I talked to, I walked away with a phone number and I felt like I was walking away with a new connection. And that is just amazing. I've been in churches my whole life and I have never experienced something like that. And that's more successful than I've ever been at speed dating. <laughs> but that, no, and, and, and I would echo that, right? That it's been the same kind of experience of being able to get to know people mm -hmm. and um, asking what you're doing and what Way is doing is fairly unique. And so a lot of people are like, wait, you got to tell me more yeah. about this. And it was, it's really surreal too, because there's no green rooms. There's no like speaker only places. The speakers are embedded with us. And to think that the people that are on the platform presenting are actually really curious about like what we're doing or in like the lives of the people. Some were anchor members, some were not. And it was just really neat to meet people that from the people planning all to those that are, you know, new applicants or new members are just genuinely wanting to be there. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And we just had some really good conversations and just some really interesting things that kind of happened. One interaction that I wanted to share just because I thought it was funny and I'm going to have to start using this is I went up to this guy just just to introduce myself, just trying to meet people. And I said, you know, hi, my name is Jordan. And the guy says, yeah, I believe you. And I just thought that was just a funny way. And that kind of helped jumpstart the conversation with a little bit of a laugh. And there was a lot of laughing. There yeah. was a lot of hugging. There yeah. was, And these are all people that are pretty new. You know, especially to Steve and I. Chris has a bit more relationship with some people. Um, but this is fairly new to us. And so it was a really good experience of just having this kind of community. And yes, the sessions, there were good things that were, mm -hmm. were talked about that I would say, and I think we agreed on this, was more in inspiring mm -hmm. us than teaching. Yes. And, and, you know, yeah, I think we're leaving inspired and motivated to continue what we're doing. And the, the theme that weaved through the entire weekend was prevailing hope. And so I want to ask both of you, mm -hmm. what does hope mean to you? And I'll start with Chris. Now, hope is the substance of things that are uh, unseen. It's, it's a literal uh, tangibility to what you're dreaming of. It's the thing that you, you need, but you can't quite grasp yet. Hope is the fire. It is the inspiration that motivates vision, that motivates ministers to engage in the ministry that they're called to, and it ultimately is our end goal. We are hoping for that day where we finally lay all of our things down and gaze upon Jesus. And just worship. I completely agree with what Chris has said, and I don't have much to add, but I will 
add a little bit about the perspective of hope with mental health. Um, one of the things that I find is hope is the engine that drives you when you're feeling that down, you're feeling that loss, you're feeling hurt, you're feeling confused. It's hope that keeps you motivated. It's hope that keeps you going. And I think that is the biggest thing I noticed looking this weekend through each person speaking. And not necessarily on the stage, but the people I was speaking with individually, one-on-one, uh, hope is the engine that drives what we're doing. And it's the hope of Jesus that is what we are wanting to express Absolutely. to people. Jesus gives us the substance of the message that we are wanting to communicate. Mm-hmm. And, I think, and that's a really powerful thing. Are there any kind of key points that stood out? One of the things that was cool at the end of each session is they asked us to, you know, write on the table, you know, just, you know, one-liners or, or thoughts. Is there anything kind of that is sticking with you right now in terms of a point or a perspective that, mm. that you'd like to share? Mm. Yeah, I think leaning into the idea uh, that hope eternal includes an excitement and a joy when it comes to the end times right that the apocalypse right the end of the end of days and how we can live in fear of that or we can engage it with hope realizing that this is a good thing for us and for the church and it means that we have done our job we have completed our mission and i think that we sometimes are afraid of uh, the things that seem apocalyptic because it means discomfort for the church and for our routine, but I th- our true hope should not be in those uh, worldly comforts, but in the acknowledging that Christ is going to return and flip this world on its head. And, uh, you know, then we can start this a thousand year reign with, with him here as he builds a new earth and a new heaven, right? Yeah, and uh, one of the things that I pulled away... If you want to look someone up that I really enjoyed hearing from, just Google search Captain Kindness. <laughs> yeah, that was cool. Yeah, and uh, just from what he was saying, one of the things that I grabbed and wrote on the table, uh, and it is absolutely paraphrasing, I'm not quoting him spot on, uh, he was talking about hope sometimes requires action. And I really pulled away one phrase that he said, and It's not a very religious, it's not a very spiritual thing, but he was talking about praying to God and talking about having to put on his costume for Captain Kindness and he doesn't want to do it. And God basically just said to him, put on your pads and go. And that spoke to me that sometimes you need to take that hope and you need to take that action with that hope to see what you're hoping for. And sometimes, you know, the scripture says, do not become weary in doing good. It is very, very easy to become weary in doing good. Mm-hmm. And that's why I think that experiences like this, where we can hear stories, where we can encourage each other, where we can remind each other, is actually really powerful and really important mm-hmm. for when we're dealing with the hard times. And that, even the hard times of the last couple of years, was mentioned by most of the speakers But it's that prevailing hope in Jesus Mm -hmm. that gives us the ability 
to move forward. And it makes me even think too, as you've been having this longer term discussion around the book by Sky Jatani called What If Jesus Was Serious About the Church, Sky talks about how the foundation of the church is Jesus himself, not our mission. And that's actually one of the things that stood out to me at the conference, because we weren't all there like being Mm self-promoting. We were genuinely there about Jesus and about community and about unity with each other. And because we are all sharing that core message of hope, that core message of what Jesus did, that gave us that hope. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this section of the book, I found challenged me more than I thought because I was raised in a lot of missional churches. And one of the things Sky points out is that if you are missional, you tend to be more corporate. And instead of evangelizing, you're selling Jesus. Mm-hmm. And that was a concept that blew my mind. It took me probably an hour or two to process this. And I had to go back to scripture. And one of the scriptures that he brings up is 1 Corinthians 3.11. For no one can lay a foundation other than that which is laid, which is Jesus Christ. And as I say, my mind was blown. Just, I'd never seen this. I'd never thought about this. And that's powerful. Even Chris has been calling out the spiritual gift of evangelism in me, which I never thought of because I too have always looked at evangelism in a way of selling. And I'm not interested in selling. Mm -hmm. But I am passionate about sharing those things that bring me hope and joy and in relationship, Mm -hmm. in conversation to share those good things. And, you know, first Peter three fifteen says to always be prepared to give an answer for the hope that you have. Mm-hmm. And this is not about necessarily an intellectual answer. Mm-hmm. And for some, it might be. And there are some that really will, you know, share from that perspective. But, you know, the hope that we have can, can also be talking about our mental health journey or can be talking about whatever, life issues we have dealt with that Jesus has brought us through. Just be willing. What I hear from that scripture is be willing to share your story. And, and another kind of thing that came up at the conference was this question is, who have you trusted your story with lately? Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying, like, and this is a thing about trust, right? Yeah, you need to have some good people around to share your story in a place where it's safe. I'm not saying just go talk to anyone necessarily to share those deeper things but yeah who is it that you trust to share your story with and that was one line that just i couldn't i can't get out of my head Mm -hmm. who are you trusting and i'm sitting with two of the ones that i trust my stories with Mm-hmm. And over the last three days, we have definitely shared a lot of stories. <laughs> for better or worse. For better or for worse. And, you know, what happens in Super 8 stays at Super 8. Mm-hmm. But, you know, that's just, that's community for you. Yeah. This has just been a really good experience for us. And the other thing, too, that, and again, Sky talks about this as well. And this is what I love is that the experiences we're having and the things that we're doing as a church and as church leaders is intentional 
towards the mission and the vision that God has given us. Mm -hmm. And one of those things is that the church's mission, in order to actually do what we're called to do, we need to be in unity. And that's not just unity within the four walls of the Douglas Cottage. It is in our circles, in our communities, in our, whether it be the local community of Smithville and Grassy, whether it be within being a part of Anchor, whether it be in every area, we need to try to find unity. And that's one thing I love about Anchor too, is that it's not built on very strict doctrinal distinctives. Mm -hmm. Yes, there's the core. There's the things we all need to agree on. But there's a lot of flexibility. Mm-hmm. Yep. There's a lot of openness to different expressions. Mm-hmm. And that's something that's very important to us as well. Is finding different expressions of faith. You know, I like to say it like this. That Jesus is the only way to God. Yeah. But there's many ways to Jesus. That's right. And we want to be a part of that journey of being one of those many ways to Jesus. I really enjoyed this section of the book. The whole, well, I shouldn't say that. I enjoyed the whole book. Um, But this one part, when we're going through unity and reading this section, he talks about a lot of different things about God's temple and us being God's temple. And uh, I have a huge long thing I could read off to you guys. And honestly, I don't feel that's where I'm supposed to go here. I'm just going to hit 1 Corinthians 12, where Paul's really pushing how critical community is. And we are part of the body of Christ, and no part can replace another part. The ear can't replace the eye. I can't replace Chris if Chris is an apostle and I'm an evangelist or I'm a pastor. We are all given different gifts to work together in this community, and if the community of God cannot work together, God's mission can't be accomplished. Unity is kind of the core of who we are, creating a united uh, community of many different expressions and touch points that all have the same fire, purpose, and zeal, right? Mm -hmm. That's really good. And one other thought from the book that I want to talk about today is that if Jesus is serious about the church, then his mission and the church's mission are cosmic in scope. Hmm. And, you know, you were talking about Armageddon. Mm-hmm. The fact that, and, and you hear in Revelation that, you know, the earth is groaning. Yeah. There is such, there is a cosmic involvement mm-hmm. in God's creation. It's not just applied to us in this moment now. It is so much bigger than us. And that actually brings a lot of humility. It that. Does. We don't need to, we're not, we shouldn't be running around saying, you know, I've got all the answers or I know all of this or all of that. But the fact, because the fact of the matter is that we are a small part of God's story. Mm -hmm. But just because we're a small part of God's story does not mean we're insignificant. That's right. God has created each of us, each unique fingerprint. Mm -hmm. Every hair. Every hair. So yes, we can see the bigness and the greatness of God. But we can also see these significant details. Yeah, I want to I want to recognize how cosmic seems like a out there word, right? It seems like it's beyond our grasp. And I think that's what we think of when we say cosmic. It's like 
in space. It's beyond our grasp, beyond our scope, it's beyond our understanding. We can only just look at it from from afar. And half the time, I think that's how we treat the idea of the end times. of uh, and, Or even God's interaction into shaping our church, right? We are his people, we are his workers, so therefore we are doing the things. But what I believe is that the charge for way and us as Christians and disciples and disciples that make disciples is to recognize that we are here to build spaces, whether it's a home, it's at a rec center, it's in a coffee shop, it's in a church building, it's in a, a, a reclaimed church building, it's in a warehouse, it's under a tree in the middle of the jungle of India. We build a space and that space is around us. And then God fills that space with the people that he sees fit from his cosmic perspective to engage with the community that we establish. And I think half the time we take that for granted, that the people that God brings to a leader are the people that God, that the Holy Spirit has ordained for that leader to walk with. And we just treat churches and, and gatherings like, a, you know, like a cattle show. Oh, they've come to, they've come to, uh, to show off. They've come to engage in what we're doing. And we're going to pick the ones that we like the most and spend time with those ones. Bring them into our, into our pastures. That's not how, <laughs> that's not how a cosmic God views it. Mm-hmm. He doesn't want you shopping his sheep. He's bringing people to you so that you can leave them with an eternal sense of security and hope. I had a slightly different take on this, but uh, I looked at it when I was going through reading that, what about prayer? And I'm going to ask a question, and if you want to take a second and pause after I ask and just think for a second, how do you start your prayers? And the reason I ask that, uh, when I pray, I start the same way every single time. And I might have brought this up in a previous episode. But I always start with Heavenly Father. Because it reminds me of two things. The first is Heavenly. He is above and beyond us. He is beyond the cosmos. He is amazing, all-powerful, all-seeing, created everything That is the first word in my prayer, and that reminds me of who I'm talking to. And the second is Father. I'm not going to get into that too deep because we are looking at uh, the cosmic proportion right now. But uh, I'm also reminded that I'm God's kid. You are too. And when I pray and I'm thinking those things, what reason does God have to say no if it's something in his will and I ask for it? Doesn't he want to give you good things? He's your dad. He's the perfect dad. And he's cosmic. He can do whatever he wants, anytime. If he wanted to blow up the world right now, he could. If he wanted to bless you with $10 million, he could. I'm just, I'm blown away by how big our God is. And this part of the book reminded me of that. That was so good. A big mission. One of the cool things about the conference as well was hearing 
stories from our, you know, friends around the world, whether it be in Dubai or in Greece or wherever, just seeing the work of God around the world. Because he is trying to bring, and he will bring the world to himself. Mm-hmm. You know, we think about the Jewish history of, you know, Jesus was, you know, understood, or we understand him as, as the Jewish Messiah, but he broke down the barrier from there being just that chosen people to revealing and reminding of God's desire is actually not that they were the chosen people to the exclusion of others, but that they were the chosen people to the, for the blessing of others. Mm-hmm. And our good friend Jeremy, executive director of Anchor, is Jewish. And he was in, he's traveled to Israel, and we even had some experiences with a harp and bowl prayer that, that he learned over there. And that, again, God uses spaces and places. He has, he uses different people in different ways at different times, mm-hmm. ultimately to bring the world to himself. And we don't need to solve the problems of the world. We just need to be faithful in the space where we're planted mm-hmm. here and now. Yeah, and I want to make sure that you understand that there's a distinctive difference between cosmic and heavenly as well. Like cosmic, it just means beyond our sight or beyond our grasp or something that we look at from afar. Heavenly is here now. You know, we are here to experience the kingdom of heaven on earth. And I want you to understand that God is not beyond your reach. As much as his, as his tangible touch is, he is here with you. And for you to get to know him better is as easy as asking, Lord, Draw near to me as I draw near to you. Mm. And he will. He is faithful. And he is here and he is present. And I think the thing I want you to take away from the idea of prevailing hope is that regardless of situation, the chaos, the evil, the storm, he is not cosmically standing back and watching you go through it. He is heavenly here, rooted and anchored to prevail that storm with you. So take hope in that. And I just want to encourage you to, if you've been considering what hope means in your life, or you are looking to discuss hope in a greater way, send us an email at podcast at wayneiagra.ca. We would love to engage with you, to talk with you about the hope that we have, that we, we want to be the hope that you have. And so this has been a really good conversation to process our weekend in the light of God's cosmic plan. And it's been very powerful and we can see the greatness of God and we can also see the importance of every detail, every hair on our heads. Mm-hmm. And so reach out to us Check us out on social media, wayneagra.ca as well. We are here for you. And so thank you so much for tuning in.